calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Ugh, another pointless video call where nothing gets done. I think you're on mute, David. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. What did I miss? IT just approved Miro for the whole company. Miro? That's the... Online whiteboard. For team collaboration. We can make these long video meetings so much shorter with Miro boards. We can share ideas, feedback, and updates on them whenever. Actually see what we're talking about. It's all online. Miro will make our flexible work setup so much easier. With one virtual space for our brainstorms, projects, presentations. Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. So I don't need to wake up for 6 a.m. calls with the London office anymore. Now you're getting it. Don't let time zones get in the way of your team working well together. See why 99% of the Fortune 100 trust Miro to get good work done from anywhere. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. Hey, we're back at it again for another uh, week of geeky goodness. Here, we're going to jump into so many things here on the Geek Buddies, including some new trailers. We got some new Marvel news. Some uh, Jason Momoa saying Aquaman is the best DC character ever, and also jumping into. A li- a what Liv Tyler's return to the MCU we- might signify, hashtag will signify, in our main topic. But let's introduce ourselves first. I am the outlaw John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies. I am Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated TV show movies, a hater of rain, and a little bit sweaty because I just got out of the shower from the gym. Oh, I worked out. Ooh, boo, boo, boo. I, yes, and uh, Shannon? And one of us, Shannon one of us has to. One of us has to. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> you, you, you don't know we didn't. You don't know we didn't. <laughs> and, and this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you can see me on the rapidly concluding season premiere of Party Down. It's only six episodes. It's been a very, very funny show. Yeah. Uh, definitely, I would check it out because who knows if it's going to come back maybe in another 12 years. We'll see. Yeah, shout out to Martin Starr, who just did a quick, fun um, video for D&D, for um, uh, Dungeons & Dragons, for the movie coming out, reprising him and Sam Levine. I don't remember who the other actor is reprising their Freaks and Geeks roles. uh, That's Jonathan Daly, who was also in Freaks and Geeks, who co-directed the movie. Oh, well, there you go. Wow. (laughs) Shout out to them. I wasn't a Freaks and Geeks person, and I used to give Sam Levine all kinds of shit during the Schmodown about it. So it was always a lot of fun to to prod him when we were having our uh, uh, 
shit talking times against each other. Anyway, uh, we're jumping into so many things here. As I said, the way the show works is each of us brings up a geek news item. We take a bit of a break and jump into our main uh, geek news item, which would be the Liv Tyler stuff. And to those of you who are joining us, thanks very much for joining us uh, for the first time. And those of you who are coming back, thank you very much. And also big shout out to Carbon Health, who continues to power and sponsor us for just a few more days as we wrap up March. We appreciate them for being on the train with Geek Buddies for such a long time. Thank you to them. Go and say thank you to them by going and getting checked out by them, either virtually or in person at a number of clinics all over the country, or do it virtually over the phone. Get the app to have a doc in your pocket. All right, Michael, I think you're kicking things off with um, a, a bunch of Marvel brouhaha, for lack of a better term. Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. We got three pieces of Marvel news. Um, We'll start with the, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say good news. I, it's news. Uh, succession star Matthew McFadden's in Deadpool 3. Yeah. Good start. That's what we know. Good start. Don't know much else. Um, no, it was announced. It was announced in Deadline that he will be joining the cast along with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. Um, but if previous Deadpool movies are any indication, that could mean pretty much anything, including a quick death. So... Uh, not a lot other than that is known, but, uh, you know, succession. I know that, uh, Johnny has been catching up on the show. Yes. I'm, I'm, I fully been caught up, right? You're caught up. You're ready. You guys are doing it. You guys are doing the reviews. So I know that you've been seeing a lot of Matthew McFadden lately. So how do you feel about this news? I love this idea. I I think he's such a fan. I've been a fan of his since Ripper street, that old BBC show. Uh, and so getting a chance to get more of him in this uh, uh, show has been fantastic. I mean, the show is just stock full of incredible actors from all over the world, by the way, you know, Australia, England, United States, really great stuff to see. So been enjoying this. So I'm very curious to see what role he's going to play. And Jeff Snyder last week on the hot mic broke the news that uh, Deadpool three, that Deadpool is apparently going to go toe to toe with the TVA at some point in that movie. So we could be getting Owen Wilson's Mobius with Tara Strong's Miss Minutes and Matthew McFadden playing some kind of character involved in all of this. So already stacking up and Hugh Jackman as well, stacking up to be quite a film uh, that I'm looking forward to and seeing what Matthew is going to be in this film. Shannon. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of Matthew McFadden. Um, it, 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 the idea of him being a TVA agent, I think is, is oh very, God. very easy to picture. And yeah. also, despite the fact that he is, he, he's an incredible actor, you know, uh, Tom Wamsgand has a hugely punchable face. <laughs> so knowing that Deadpool, <laughs> Deadpool and Logan might be, might be socking it to him. I, I, I think there's a lot of catharsis there for those, for those of our, for those uh, audience members who cross over between succession and, uh, and Deadpool. But either way, I mean, not only is he a fantastic a fantastic actor he's really really funny and if it is a case of like it's a it's a three-hander with the three of them i'm like this would be that shaping up to be a very very funny movie yeah and uh just a real quick plug shannon and i have are doing succession reviews for season four uh mikey is more than welcome to jump on if you'd like to i wasn't sure what his status was on that because i know mikey's really busy but we just did season we just did episode one of season my status is just a constant it's complicated (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fair enough. that's my status but we just did uh, a review of episode one of season four and had a blast doing that so uh we will be doing those consistently whereas ted lasso is going to be mid-season and finale succession i really want I, and i've been suffering succession withdrawal so this is bad for me like i found myself like playing around with episodes and wanting to click play uh, it's not good it's not good i really loved the show God, uh, if, only, if only if only you had friends who have been telling you for years that you would enjoy the show. It's just it's like uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mikey, <laughs> join me on my mental victory lap that I'm taking right now. <laughs> um, well, you know, victory laps are one thing, but Marvel is not taking a lot of those lately. Uh, so in our other Marvel news, nice. Marvel is, uh, you know, Mar- we've been talking about this for a while. Marvel is. Uh, Marvel's at a crossroads right now. Marvel's got a lot going on. And, you know, in addition to sort of uh, a lot of questions about Phase 4, the lackluster response to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, yeah. um, we covered uh, the Victoria Alonzo uh 
leaving Marvel last week. We have some more news on that. But before we do, the big yeah. news that everyone has been talking about is very unfortunately, um, Jonathan Majors getting arrested uh, and the assault charges that are being brought against him. So if you have been living under a rock and you don't know, um, Jonathan Majors, a.k.a. Kang the Conqueror, was arrested Saturday in Manhattan on misdemeanor charges of strangulation, assault, and harassment in a reported domestic dispute with his girlfriend. The news broke, went like wildfire across the internet. Uh, TMZ broke the story Saturday right after the arrest. Um, now, a statement released on Sunday by Major's attorney uh, asserts that Majors is the victim, claiming not only that the woman has since recanted her accusations in two written statements, but that video footage and other witness testimony will support Majors. Uh, the statement further claimed that Majors' girlfriend was in the middle of an emotional crisis at the time, after which she was hospitalized. So there's that story. But at the same time, as this news broke, a lot of people came forward uh, with anecdotal stories about Jonathan Majors being very emotional, emotionally abusive, uh, violent in different ways. Nothing that was like actually charges that had stuck or any kind of factual evidence, but lots of stories about him being um, very emotional and prone to violent outbursts. So uh, a lot of people discussing this and look until things are all laid out and, yeah. and we all know what happened. It's not necessarily fair on either side to conjecture, but Jonathan majors pretty major role in, uh, in not just phase five, but phase six of Marvel. So this is not just a matter of, oh, this one actor in your movies uh, might be a problem. This is a, the entire arc of your saga yeah. could be uh, a problem here. And obviously look, in the big scheme of things, we cover geek news. Uh, somebody not being able to play a comic book villain is not the worst part of this story. Uh, people actually being uh, assaulted and violent crimes actually are way, way more important than who plays a role in a movie. However, for the purposes of the Geek Buddies, right. whether or not he continues to play the role in this movie is a pretty big deal. So, guys, I think that's I think that's the most up-to-date information mm -hmm. as far as I can see. Um, obviously, none of us know what actually happened. We all have to wait and see. But how are you guys feeling about this news uh, in your guts, in your hearts, in your minds, in your souls? Well, it's weird. I mean, I did a whole thing on it on The Nation the other day, and you know, they, they had charged him. So the DA is going forward. Uh, you know, beyond the arrest, they actually yep. put the charges in. So they are going forward with this, which speaks to something. And the attorney there is saying he has all this stuff, but has not submitted any of this stuff um, to let us know what uh, what uh, what evidence there is other than there's letters and there's video. But none of us have seen any of this. So, yes, I'm holding out judgment until we see everything and see what the deal is, you know, certainly with domestic violence situations uh is he is he the abuser is he the abusee he's apparently some of the sources are saying that he's the one that called 911 why would he do that so there's a lot of moving pieces in all of this and i see some people already jumping on oh it's because he's black it's because he's black and i'm like i don't think that's the situation here i really don't i think it's more a matter of two people got into it she uh, she or he called 911 and then the, they took the they went through the procedures that they have to and I think the every level-headed person is saying we got to wait for evidence to come out. We'll see what the deal is. That being said, though, this is yet another headache for Marvel that they don't need. Right on the heels of the Victoria Alonso situation, which is we're going to get to, which is like just blossoming or, or creating tentacles and getting bigger and bigger in terms of the drama. So it's just yet another black eye. And so Bob Iger must be like, "Fuck, man! I walk back in and this getting worse. Like this must be." So much to deal with. And that being said, of course, it's more important that the woman was finding out what happened with the woman, of course, seeing if she's going to get, you know, the proper care that she needs to get in terms of the physical uh, healing and all of that kind of stuff. If there's if there's mental stuff. They said the emotional crisis. I really hesitate when someone says something like that. It's like, you don't know what's going on. So, you know, there are a lot of open ended stuff on all of that. And that's certainly our first concern. But looking at it Marvel wise. They, they, I don't know how they recast. I'm sure they can. They've done that in the Marvel oh. universe many, many times. But how much has been shot? How much do they have to reshoot? And Iger's been talking about cutting costs. They're already pushing shows and movies farther back out into the years. So it's just another massive headache for Marvel to have to navigate uh, overall. Chin? Uh, yeah. I mean, in terms of the personal stuff, again, as, as you b both have already said, like, we don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and more than likely, we may never find out what the entire story is. Um, in terms of the Marvel part of it, 
uh, yeah, they have recast roles before. Um, they have had some of their performers um, get into some uh, get into some trouble before. Nothing to this extent, to my to my knowledge, as they are with Marvel. I know Josh Brolin had a That's domestic abuse account. charge, um, but it was prior. And and again, I don't know how it how it played out. Um, but yeah, I mean they they have recast roles before nothing quite as significant as this i mean you could point to ed norton who had one movie done um in terms of jonathan majors um you know we know that he is in loki season two um to what extent uh it seems like a a decent amount but again we don't know that um that's done as far as as far as i know so the idea that they would then go back and reshoot potentially entire season of television that doesn't seem very likely um but more than anything it's just you know it's 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 sad i mean because again you know innocent until proven guilty um if things do turn out that way i mean you know he was he he's a fantastic performer um and despite what uh like i personally enjoyed quantum mania i i i acknowledge its um its shortcomings um, but I did really like it, and he was a big part of it. So if he is not in the universe going forward, you certainly understand um, Marvel's uh, point of view there. Um, but yeah, it'll it, you know too bad because you know he was he, he he's a despite whatever personal demons he's battling, um, he he is a really uh, talented performer. So you know it, it, it's unfortunate to see, but as Vogel said, like the last thing we really need to worry about is who's playing you know the bad guy in some mm-hmm. movies like you, you know you you want all the you know parties involved for uh for things to work out yeah. I mean, cuz this is this is inevitably going to come up so I will just bring yeah. this up right now like yeah loki season 2 has been shot nobody's going back in and reshooting loki season 2 if yeah, yeah. if things take a turn for the worse and marvel decides to part ways with jonathan majors they will part way with jonathan majors going forward we will they're not going to go back in and open anything up now what will happen is we will have watched warner brothers bend over backwards to make sure that they don't have to go and fix the flash movie and the inevitable comparisons will come out that ezra miller gets to stay in the flash movie regardless of whether or not he gets to stay in the dcu going forward we don't know we None of us know what's going on in the DCU, and the Jonathan Majors did not. So that is an inevitable comparison that is already being made on Twitter, that will continue to be made on Twitter. Um, and look, I think that although on the surface they seem very similar, I think they are sort of there's some key differences here. Um, and the key difference is if Ezra Miller gets to continue on post the Flash, and that will be right. the big question. So I think there's a lot of questions. But and then look, it just like it, I think Shannon's right. John said it, like Jonathan Majors is great. He's a yeah. great actor. He's been a great actor since the moment he showed up. We There is no doubt that his performances in almost everything that he's done are A++. Uh, so we will see what happens. But, yeah, look, it's really easy. They recast Kang. That's right. Yeah. It's real. Like, if that is the case. I mean, you know, it would be a shame. Shannon's right. Jonathan Majors is sort of really great for this role. But at the end of the day, if things take a turn for the worse and they have to recast him, I think – geekdom on the whole will say all right we get it fine it's a new gang like we just we will we'll we'll do it and we'll move on um but in the big scheme of things it is yet just one more thing that marvel is dealing with um and speaking of marvel dealing with things uh you know obviously we reported last week that victoria alonzo has parted ways with marvel and when we talked about it last week as we said we didn't have a lot of information there had not been a lot of statements coming out that has changed (laughs) um so uh, you know, on March 24th, Hollywood Reporter reported that uh, Disney fired Alonzo for breach of contract due to her work on the Oscar-nominated film Argentina 1985, which was made yeah. by Amazon, which was news uh, after the fact that we had reported stuff. Uh, and then through Alonzo, through her attorney, pushed back at that explanation, saying in a statement that Victoria, a gay Latina who had the courage to criticize Disney, was silenced. Then she was terminated when she refused to do something she believed was reprehensible. And some insiders believe the reprehensible thing that she refused to do was to blur out uh, some gay pride images in storefronts in the background in Quantumania for uh, for Kuwait. Was it Kuwait, I believe? Kuwait. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for Kuwait. So 
Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of times movies make edits for the Middle East, for China, for other places, yeah. particularly when it comes to gay stuff. Uh, and apparently, a couple things. One, I'm not quite sure how you produce a movie, release a movie, movie gets nominated for an Oscar, and only after the fact you get fired for breach of contract for it. But that apparently is what Disney is claiming. Um, and on the other side of things... Um, that is a ballsy move to be like, I refuse to, uh, blur out this pride image in the background of this bookstore. Um, and it's a mess. Yeah. It is just a mess. It is a mess on all fronts. Like it, it is not a good look for Disney. It's not a good look for Marvel. It raises more questions about, you know, with Marvel already sort of in several precarious positions at this point is taking someone who's been there from the very beginning the best move but on the other hand according to some people she was a nightmare when it came to visual effects so maybe it's best that they part ways like literally nobody knows everybody is saying everything there are 18 different sides to this story i don't think we're gonna solve it but i'm curious to hear what you two think about it <laughs> well i mean i think in 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 this case as you said, you know, there are, you know, multiple sides. There is a reality where all of these are true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That, you know, uh, her, her team is claiming she had Disney's blessing to go work on that movie. Um, in terms of workload, like, I don't know how you do her job and also produce a movie. Um, but if they said, yeah, you, you know, you, I don't think that's something the, the legal team would put forth if they knew it was not correct. Um, that like Disney said, yes, you can do it. And maybe Disney did say that, but then when it got to the end, because, you know, they were talking about how she showed up at the Oscars. She was there for Argentina in 1985. She wasn't there for Marvel. For and yeah. if Marvel or if Disney says at one point, like, okay, you've worked on the movie. It's, it's time to stop. If she continues, like, I don't know what the legal ramifications are, are there. Like more than likely when you work for a big studio, you you have a contract and you have a uh i mean vogel has these um you have a contract that you are exclusive with a particular studio when they give you a, an exception to go work on something um that also has to be written down and saying here's what you're here's what you're allowed to do um if she got past that and was doing stuff that wasn't written down Disney can make that argument that you're in breach of contract. Now, the idea that she pushed back on the whole quantum manian thing, knowing her, knowing who she is as you know a, a gay woman of color, like that totally makes sense that she would say no. I mean, you hear about how she how she has been a champion for diversity um, since she got to Marvel at the beginning. The fact that she would not bend to this, like she was like that's a, that's a moral line I'm not going to cross. Um, and apparently Marvel went and had an outside house do it anyways, but you can understand her point of view where she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But it seems like whether or not she violated her contract when it came to Argentina in 1985, um, the idea that she said no to something and Disney saw a way out. And then if the, if the allegations are true, that yeah. she is very difficult to work with, it was sort of like that perfect storm of Disney saying, okay, we can we can cut ties here. And, yeah. you know, even though uh, Kevin Feige is her direct boss, he's not the big boss. Um, and there's she only so much stuff he can do. And, you know, well, there's, does lots he... He, there's probably lots he could do. It seems like he didn't. Well, that's the thing is like, ultimately, is it do I want to endanger my legacy or stick my stick my neck out for someone? Well, and it seems like maybe he picked. Well, Feige's not a direct boss, and she made a very clear point of it in a recent interview on the red carpet uh, that was kind of highlighted by a number of people because someone asked her on the red carpet. So how do you deal with your boss, Kevin Feige? She's like, well, he's not my boss. And so it was a very clear. Well, she said she said that. She, as I'm saying, she said he's not her boss. Okay. That, that uh, um, the other guy, uh, Louis Desposado, that's who her yeah. boss is. Uh, and so she's made that very clear on the red carpet. So I think Kevin Feige read, read the tea leaves is like, this is not a battle I want to get into. They clearly want to get her out. There's nothing I can do to stop it. Possibly, you know, possibly. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. There's a lot of conflicting reports. I think what you say is correct, Shannon. All of them could possibly be true. Um, but she, it could be a misunderstanding. It could be something that was conveniently done. She's a power player. Maybe she was upset with the way things were going. 
you know, she produces this. There's no way she would have produced the film without Disney's understanding that it was happening, for God's sake. <laughs> and it's a film that's very personal to her because as an Argentinian immigrant, she knows what that that military rule was like. And so she wanted to do something personal. The fact that it was nominated by an Oscar, that only elevates the fact that she's working on Marvel stuff. It gives it a little bit more prestige that she's on this stuff. So Disney could have done nothing but benefit from that. So it's weird that they're now using it to kind of, you know, uh, knock her down. Yeah. And, and the second part of this is I understand now as a business, right? There's a business reality. The business reality is we can't impose our points of views on other countries with our business, right? If they look at Kuwait now, do I believe in gay rights? One million percent. I'm an ally. One hundred percent. Yes. Everything trans, everything. Yes. But if you're going to sell a film in another country, do you want to keep making these stands? Does that make business sense? Especially at a time when you're cutting costs and you want to, now, that's the thing that Disney has to navigate. And so I understand why she might be upset about it. And there are also rumors that um, people were very upset about her going after Bob Chapik so uh, openly about the don't say gay situation that might have uh, hurt people. They said she couldn't do press for Marvel anymore after that. So there was a lot. There's a lot around this kind of thing. And unfortunately, that's the truth. When you're an outspoken advocate for any rights issues, you become a lightning rod and people start to blame you and look at you and claim that you're doing for your own self satisfaction. When in fact, you're trying to change people's minds about these things and get them to open up and see that there's more. So I think she just grinded. You don't fuck with the mouse and the mouse is, you know, the mouse comes after you when you do. And so that's what we're seeing now, but she's clearly going to fight back. So this is probably going to get a lot messier before it gets cleaner. The only part, in this whole story that makes yeah. no sense to me is firing somebody for breach of contract for their Oscar nominated film. Yeah, right. um, so of everything <laughs> that is probably some level of true, the we fired you because you made a film and it got nominated for an Academy Award. <laughs> mm, I'm gonna call as Natasha Leone would say on poker face. Bullshit. Bullshit. Uh, bullshit on that. It's not a film that competed it, with any of the other. Well, it's not even about, but it's not even about competition. It's like, okay. it, it's like we all said, like, it's like, there's no way she went and made an entire film. Yeah. Like, yeah. and once the film is nominated for an Oscar, there were, I mean, not that like Disney wouldn't have known anyway, but like, let's just assume this was all yeah. made in secret. Once the movie's nominated for an Oscar, you know, who's produced it? <laughs> like, there was months. <laughs> so to wait until now and be like, oh, by the like the whole thing is like a little bit like that seems like a real bullshit answer. Now, beyond that, on the gay thing, like, look, John's not wrong. From a business standpoint, you want to be in China. You want to be in the Middle East. You want to be in a lot of these territories. Whether it is a Marvel movie or Steven Universe on Cartoon Network or anything, there's gay content that is getting cut and edited and whatever. Yeah, and on the one hand, that sucks and it's shitty. And on the other hand, the fact that we have this content that is mostly gay in other places is like, okay, well, at least we've got that. It is a being gay and trying to navigate all of this is really hard. But what I will say, and again, this is not me knowing anything, but just given a lot of the conflicting accounts about Victoria Alonso as a person, um, a lot of the stuff about the visual effects, a lot of the stuff, like, again, I don't know. She could be the sweetest person in the entire world. But in my experience, yeah. um, you don't always get fired for just being outspoken. Yeah. Um, when you, when, when a company sort of like finds this weird reason to let you go, it's usually because internally there's a lot of friction, friction. Mm. And sometimes that just might be like, look, you're passionate and you believe what you believe and people just are not ready to like jump on board with that. And maybe that's all it is. But given some of the other accounts about uh, visual effects houses and everything else, like, mm. you know, this might've been Disney being like, look, she's had a long run here, but now's the time to part ways. And this yeah. is the way that we're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, or they got really mad about the gay stuff and said, get the fuck out. Like, and then, you know, like it, it could be anything I like, but it, I, I think Shannon is right that like, this is not a, 
well, it's either this or this. I think it is a weird mishmash of everything. And it's really interesting because Victoria Alonso's firing just hits so many key things. It hits gay representation in entertainment. It hits visual effects and how we're treating our visual effects houses and how we're treating our visual effects artists in cinema. It hits uh, working for giant corporations. (laughs) And it hits the fact that Marvel is struggling right now. And she's someone who's been there from the beginning and is now gone at a point where maybe you want to batten down the hatches at marvel so yeah it's wild y'all it's wild <laughs> there we go um all right well we'll you know we'll see what happens with marvel coming up next for sure there's gonna be a lot to come in the next few weeks uh with all their shows and their movies but also with all this drama going on uh well let's take a quick break as, as we had a 25 minute opening segment <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back well it was three <laughs> topics do <laughs> like do 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 that's good stuff all right let's get into this real quick let's take like two minutes on this <laughs> yeah i mean jason momoa uh was um talking with total film and had some comments about aquaman and uh he had some uh, strong points of views about uh what he thinks is going to happen with Aquaman. And he, he, this is his quote here. He said, I absolutely think Aquaman will be involved in the DCU. It's on bro. There's no one bigger than there's no one bigger than Aquaman, but also I hope people are excited to see the new one. It's fun. I really enjoy doing comedy. There's some really funny stuff with Patrick Wilson. I really adore him. We had a great time working together. It's like we're brothers. There's a lot of cool stuff happening in this one, uh, and also Momoa confirmed a variety at the Sundance Film Festival that happened just a few weeks ago that he did meet with James Gunn and, and Peter Safran uh, after they took over DC Studios. Um, and there were a lot of rumors about him ditching Aquaman. There's that video he posted, woo, where he's screaming and shit that he got some dream that he's been waiting to do, and a lot of speculation that he would be coming Lobo, uh, but he wouldn't confirm anything. And he did tease that quote might be other characters coming from him down the line at DC. That's what he said. The beautiful thing about Aquaman Lost Kingdom is me and my partner wrote the first treatment for it. It was about a 55-page treatment. A lot of it has to deal with me talking to the UN about what's happening with the melting ice caps. Jesus. There's no far-off galaxy coming to destroy us or aliens or not from another place. It is us ruining our planet. We need to get it together and save our home. I'll always be Aquaman. Ain't anyone coming in there and taking shit. There might be some other characters, too, I can play. Other things, too. I can be funny and savage and charming. As the resident Aquaman fan, Shannon McClung, I go to you first. This is a lot of mumbo jumbo. What is it leading to? Uh, yeah, well, I have no idea. Uh, I mean, when you look Get at off the, the show. give me speculation. <laughs> when you look at the first, you know, group of films and uh, uh, series that were announced, which apparently is not the entirety of that of that first slate, right, um, know. you know, there's no Aquaman in there. And looking at who else is in there, it's like. Well, yeah, I mean, theoretically, you could you could have Arthur Curry pop up, but when you're when you're launching a brand new slate, you probably want to focus on the characters that that you know are make are that are going to be the you know, central focus of the movie. Um, you know, when the whole idea about him playing Lobo, which I mean, when you look at him, it's like yeah, it, it, aesthetically that makes sense. Yeah. And you see that there's a Superman movie coming, it's like oh, okay, so Lobo is going to be the bad guy <laughs> in the Superman movie. But honestly, uh, you know. It, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see once we find out who is actually making that transition, who all is going to be going over there. Now, Aquaman of that semi-shared universe, Aquaman's the only one that cracked a billion. So, uh, you know, they think they have something special with Momoa. And, you know, he, he did a he did a he, he did a really good job with what he was asked to do in a movie that was, you know, OK. Um, you know, we'll see how that second one does. Ah, man, I don't know. You know, I think the idea of him going straight to Lobo, I think that is a little bit of character whiplash. Um, But at the same time, it's like, do they want, do they want this, do do they want the Snyder Aquaman in their new, in their new universe? Man, I don't know. I like Momoa. He seems like a really good guy. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So part of me wants Aquaman to carry over, but again, we'll see. Do I need a bro telling me about global climate? I don't know. Hey, what, what, what's your well, thoughts? Well, I mean, that's in character for Aquaman. I'm I'm still trying to get past it. He say that he wrote a 55 page treatment. <laughs> so him and his co writer, his co writer. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, that's a long treatment. <laughs> that's a very long. Like, I, I don't know 
what is in that 55 page treatment, but 55 pages of this is what's going to be in a movie. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I have a lot of questions about this treatment more than anything else. Um, Oh God, 55 pages. Shannon, don't ever give me a 55 page treatment on anything. Um, I, just need to, uh, I just need to make some edits here real quick. But I, Look, Aquaman is definitely going to be a part of the DC uh, you going forward. I don't know if it's going to be him. Yeah. Um, like, I – he and Wonder Woman primarily um, are real big question marks. Ezra Miller, I feel, is not long for this world as The Flash. Like, I, I – I, I, unless – I mean, look, unless that movie is – a, as good as everyone is saying it is, and B, does, like, Spider-Man No Way Home money. Like, just becomes, like, holy shit. Like, like people just lose their goddamn minds. I think it's going to do um, Avatar money, yeah, for sure. And what? I think it's going to do Avatar The Way of Water money. I think it's going to make $2 billion. I really do. But we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, like, just seeing, like... <laughs> There's a world where they carry on. There's a world where they don't. There's a world where there's a reason that they carry on. There's a world where we just like blink our eyes and say, we're going to let you have it. Like, I don't know. I look, I don't disagree with Shannon. I think that Aquaman movie is horrible. I think it is a garbage movie, but I, agree. I think that he's fine. Like, I think that he yeah. is an enjoyable Aquaman. I, you know, for what they created, their take on him being this sort of reluctant leader. Uh, and look, and if, if, if Jason Momoa wants to go tell the UN that we're melting the ice caps and we need to get our shit together, like I'm down for it. Um, I mean, it sounds like he wrote a very passionate speech about it in his 55 page treatment. And so I really hope he gets to like, we get to see what that is. Um, I don't know. You know, the, the DC is such like, uh, we're, we're at such a weird time because I think that we are all sort of really waning on Marvel and with DC, we're sort of anxiously waiting to see what's coming next. And I think that at least for me, that's a weird position to be in. Yeah. This is the timing. Like if they had gotten the timing just a little bit more right. And DC was releasing a Superman movie amidst all this like turmoil and trauma, they could have like taken the Marvel audience for themselves and gone forward. So there's, there is an opportunity here, depending on how things shake out over the next year or two, uh, that, that DC could be the universe we're all talking about and looking at all the hopeful possibilities going forward. That being said, I don't think he's long for Aquaman either. This is him promoting a movie because of all the, the shit that went down with Shazam that is still being picked apart. People are coming after poor Zachary Levi pretty badly. I've stopped because of things I know about from behind the scenes and stuff. So I'm not doing that, but like people are coming out, like there's an article today in Mary Sue going for some, for the love of God, take Instagram live away from Jackery Levi. So there's these things. going. So I don't think Momoa wants to get caught up in the grinds of that. So he's like, I got a film. It's coming out. I'm promoting it. It's great. It's funny. Me and Patrick Wilson, we're having a lot of fun. Uh, I wrote a 55 page treatment. It's about uh, global climate. Uh, which is a political issue. So going to be real interesting. We'll still get that 1 billion. Maybe there's a lot of charts in that treatment. <laughs> Maybe like some of the pages so are just charts chart. about global warming. As you can see here. (laughs) So maybe, but either way, at the end of the day, I think this is him just kind of having to play the company man for a little bit because they probably said to him, please don't sink our film. Just say that it's going to continue. You're going to be in it. Oh, yeah, right. Fair point. So um, so I wish him well because I agree with you guys. I love Jason. I think he's a great energy. I make joke about him being a bro because he is a bro, but he's also a really caring person. You can tell. With his interactions with people, you can tell the way that he's a free spirit. It's actually a positive energy to have in your universe. So I'm glad James Gunn realized that because he is going to recast Aquaman. It's like, well, let's put you in something because we want your energy in our universe in some way, shape, or form. And him as Lobo, yeah, it might be Whiplash Shannon, but so many people are going to be down for it that I think they'll get over it real quick. So we'll see, though. Um, all right, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll jump into our uh, last opening segment here, a couple of trailers that we're going to speed through right after this. Do 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 do. It's all right. Take it away, shit. Because we got trailers, trailers. If you recognize that theme, that's that's kind of the 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 you know our first trailer. What would happen if Wes Anderson directed Close Encounters of the Third Kind? <laughs> we get Asteroid City. So this trailer just came out this week. Um, and, and as with all Wes Anderson films, it is an incredibly stacked cast that includes. 
Hong Chow, Hope Davis, Tom Hanks, Margot Robbie, Scarlett Johansson, Brian Cranston, Willem Dafoe, Steve Carell, Adrian Brody, Edward Norton, Jeff Goldblum, Maya Hawk, Tilda Swinton, Matt Dillon, Fisher Stevens, Rupert Friend, Liev Schreiber, and Jeffrey Wright. Wow. So it essentially looks like, you know, a, a, a town, a, a very similar town to, you know, in New Mexico, where maybe there has been some sort of extracurricular, uh, extracurricular, <laughs> extraterrestrial activity. Um, you know, I am I am a more miss than hit with Wes Anderson. Um, I love the Grand Budapest Hotel. The rest of his movies, I'm kind of like, eh, not so sure. This one actually kind of strikes me as pretty funny. Uh, but gentlemen, I'll throw it over to you. What did you think of our first look at Asteroid City? Uh, I'll say real quick, I love Wes Anderson much more hits than misses, so I'm on the opposite side of Shannon on this. He is than this generation's Woody Allen without any of the baggage, and I love the fact that all these actors are willing to come and do it. That being said, I do think Scarlett and Tom don't fit into a Wes Anderson film. They stuck out like sore thumbs for me. That is clearly Bill Murray and some some uh, some one of the other standard actresses that are in uh, uh, Wes Anderson movies that could have taken those roles instead. So to me, it felt a little weird. They don't quite have the same energy to fit in the Wes Anderson world. But all the other stuff, Schwartzman looking like Chris Copperthwaite, shout out to him. Uh, all of it was like so good that re- I really enjoyed the story that they're telling and, and what's going on here. And this it's such a unique production design as well, which I love from Wes Anderson. So I like diving into these worlds. And I like that he's, you know, he heard the criticism about some of his casting. And we get a little more diversity in this casting with Hung Chow, with Jeffrey Wright, with other people involved in this. So I'm, I'm, I'm down with this and I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I – I do enjoy Wes Anderson. I've rarely not liked a Wes Anderson film. So I don't think that I've ever looked forward to a Wes Anderson film, but I don't think <laughs> I've ever fully disliked a Wes Anderson film. I think they just exist in this weird state of like, <laughs> that is a thing that is in the world. Like, like I, I fully respect, like you watch a Wes Anderson trailer and just in, in the way that things are shot in the way things are centered in the center of the screen, like just everything about it. You're like, yes, yeah, you are very clear in the way that you want to tell this story. And when I watch it, I go, yes, that is a Wes Anderson film. And I don't love it, and I don't dislike it. I go, that is what that was. To me, Wes Anderson (laughs) is like when you go, it's like when you go to an art museum and you look at like modern art and you're like, I see what the artist was going for here. (laughs) This is very interesting. Let's move on to the next piece. Like, that is how I feel about a Wes Anderson film. I think he's, like, great at what he does. Love the cast. I will absolutely go see it. And I will go, huh. Well, that was that. Who wants to go get a martini? And that's that's how it's going to be. Like, so I'm not excited, but I'm like, oh, Wes Anderson. Let's go see that. Well, I guess that's all we got to say about that one. <laughs> it comes out June 23rd, 2023. Um, it is being released amongst a tidal wave of big movies. So we'll see if the Wes Anderson files come out to support this one. Um, just a week before we get Elemental and we got our second trailer for that. We got our full trailer that introduces us to the world of Elemental. And you know what? The thing with Pixar, like, you know, watching watching this trailer they are so freaking clever like when they decide on what it is that they're going to do you see the world of the elementals and how they exist watching a water child getting soaked up into a sponge a uh, fire baby drinking uh, lighter fluid and then belching flames um this movie looks pretty adorable because it seems like it's a little bit about segregation and that elements do not mix mm. and also about what uh what kids are supposed to do for their parents like who who is supposed to decide your future you or the people that raised you so i really like this trailer the first teaser i thought again was clever but i'm like i don't really get what this is this one it gives us a pretty clearer picture but gentlemen i'll throw it over to you what did you think of our second look at elemental johnny mm-hmm. I- I'm not as quiet as high as Shannon is. Uh, 
I did find that it was a little derivative of Inside Out, although I do appreciate the message, as you said, Shannon, about uh, crossing, you know, the, crossing the streams, in essence, crossing elements, uh, integration. It could even be about immigration with her father being clearly with an accent. What does that mean? Um, him be, and I love that the water people are like going with the flow, like they have no problem with anything, but the fire people are much more, you know, and I, I speculated in my trailer reaction that it could be because uh, in the past, the fire elements have caused damage. And so they've, they've like constructed themselves to stay away from everybody. It's not necessarily a judgmental or condescending thing. It's more a matter of self-preservation. So I wonder if that's an element in all of this. So, so to speak. So I, I, I look forward to it, but Peter Sohn, directed this and the good dinosaur was not good i like peter Sohn's voiceover work much more than i like his directing work so i'm i'm concerned about it i wasn't over the moon about it and i don't think it's a rom-com i think they're actually just friends and what that leads to because i didn't sense any rom-com vibes at all i sensed friend vibes from beginning to end uh but i didn't sense rom-com vibes at all so i saw some people speculating that like i don't know where you see any of that so to me, it's more a matter of him like being a bit of a guide for her to let go and try new things and, you know, break past these limits of her life and maybe find her own voice with his help. And so that's what I see. But that being said, the visuals are fucking stunning, just stunning animation. And you I mean, Good Dinosaur had incredible animation as well. The story just didn't work. But for me, I, I hold out hope that this is a better directorial effort from Peterson, who I love as Socks in Lightyear, by the way, and num numerous other characters than we saw in uh, in The Good Dinosaur. So that's what I said. What about it is derivative of Inside Out? Well, because you've got the different, this is the yellow fire, this is water, this is anger, this is sadness, this is this. So the fire, and they're all kind of like, you know, do, uh, uh, moving around each other and, and what have you. So that's what I uh, got from that. So, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, I do think it's a romance. Um, it looks like a romance to me, but, uh, and I don't know that it's as much, and I'll be interested to see, I don't know that it's as much about segregation as mm. it's just a, more about like very, very different cultures. Like it doesn't look like, uh, as much as it's like, we, you know, don't, don't, don't mix with these people. Don't talk to them. It just looks like these are very different people with very different, uh, customs foods lives and those things mixing i mean it's uh so it'll be i'll be interested to see how much of it is you like just more describe of a seg segregation you just literally describe no it's not it's 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 not there's a difference between um people actually not being allowed to occupy the same space whether that be by law or by you don't belong here yeah. and that didn't seem to be what i was picking up there didn't seem okay. to be any like anger hatred we don't like fire people those dirty earth people like there was no kind of like we don't uh like them it seemed to be like the whole scene in the trailer where wade goes to have dinner at embers and her dad's giving her the real and her dad's giving the really spicy food it's like that is Oh, I am I am a white guy and I am dating a uh, Latin person and I go to their fam like like it seemed to be more about like these different cultures clashing mm -hmm. with each other, but I could be wrong about that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it definitely seemed like a romance to me. I definitely agree with Shannon. Like this seems like this is like what Pixar does well with like the cleverness of the world, building the world out. Um, so there's a lot of good. I'm not like bowled over by the trailer. I wasn't yeah. like so blown away that I can't wait to see it, but. I, Pixar has definitely earned the right to me to be like, yeah, we'll see what you got. And so I think it's good. I don't, I don't necessarily blame the director for Good Dinosaur. I think Good Dinosaur was just a, a great idea that never figured itself out and was on a tight deadline and they just had to keep going. So we'll see. Uh, although I might eat my words. And if this one comes out and it's also a Good Dinosaur level stinker, we will be discussing that for sure. But I'm definitely stoked to see it. Yeah. And I've liked all the recent Pixar uh, offerings. So uh, this is one that just didn't quite 100% catch my attention. Yeah. Sorry. Mike, Jeff. I can't believe we, we're not calling out more the stoked fire joke that Vogel inadvertently made. <laughs> Anyways, Ill Elemental comes out June 16th. I already said he's becoming you. Um, all right. Let's take a quick break here and jump into our main topic right after this. Doom, all right. No, doom, forget doom. it. Let's go. <laughs> here we go. Uh, yeah, I, I, took, I took a breath. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into it because we only have a little bit of time for this uh, main uh, geek news item here. Uh, Liv Tyler, it's been announced she is coming back to the MCU. This is her first appearance back in the MCU. She was not in What If. That was another actress. Stephanie Pan Panicello did her voice as Betty Ross in What If. So this is Betty. This is um, Liv Tyler coming. So officially, 
officially entering the MCU again because she had been in the MCU with The Incredible Hulk. That is an MCU film. So she's back into the MCU here. And of course, speculation has run rampant about what it means. She's going to be in Captain America for New World Order. We already know that um, Tim Blake Nelson is coming back as the leader. So, And we've got Thunderbolt Ross, which is what Jeff Snyder broke on the hot mic, that Harrison Ford is going to be playing Thunderbolt Ross and be the president. And of course, this leads to speculation of, because with She-Hulk, they were trying to take her blood. Is this the beginning of the Red Hulk or Red She-Hulk? What are we going to get in all of this? So, Michael, you're the first one. You were the first one to kind of chime in with a text uh, when we when I was sending this to you guys. What do you think about all this? What does it mean? Where are we going with Liv Tyler back as Betty Ross? I am really curious as to how this is a Captain America movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I am like what? I am waiting for them to say that um, Tatiana Maslany and Mark Ruffalo are in this movie as well because They're I'm like totally. This is a Hulk movie. Like you've got the leader is the bad guy. You've got President Thunderbolt Ross, who will probably be a Red Hulk in this movie. You've got his daughter in the movie who has a past relationship with Bruce Banner, who's a Hulk. Like I'm like, so I mean, it, I I'm excited about it. I've actually heard from some people internally that that New World Order is the one they're really excited about. Uh, yeah. That they that they think that's where we get really on track with Marvel. Um, I like. I like Anthony Mackie as Cap. I'm like, I, I really am curious to see where they take that story. So right now, it does seem a little bit like all of the news that's coming out about New World Order is so Hulk-centric yeah. that Anthony Mackie kind of leading his own Cap movie is getting lost in it. I hope that isn't the case. And I hope that there's a really interesting way that like, you know, look, in the Marvel Universe, the super soldier serum mm -hmm. is tied into the, you know, the the Hulk was them trying to recreate it. So there is a connection in the world of like what Cap was dealing with, even in Falcon and Winter Soldier um, and the Hulk stuff. So there's there's a way to tie this all together. Um but like you know, and it and and in the tradition of Cap movies, like Cap Civil War somehow managed to be Avengers two two point five, yeah. But also managed to be a really good Stephen Bucky story. Yeah. So if they can sort of use these Cap movies in the same way that uh, the Infinity Saga did to sort of be the through line that drives us through to the big movies, like I'd be super on board with it. So mm -hmm. I'll say like. Of all of the Marvel movies that are coming out, and granted, some of this is from what I've heard internally, like, I'm most excited about this one. Yeah, yeah. Shannon, what are your thoughts on all this? I mean, again, I like that Marvel uses the stuff that's out there and yeah. that, you know, Liv Tyler has been, you know, sitting on the shelf since 2008 um, along uh, along with um, Tim Blake Nelson coming back as mm -hmm. Samuel Stearns. I, I think that's smart, but to Vogel's point, you know, you hope that the cap elements don't get lost in the cap movie. And granted, we do have Carl Lemley coming back as Isaiah Bradley and Danny Ramirez, who is rumored to be, you know, taking over the Falcon role for this. Um, I, I'm, I'm really curious how, how it's all going to work out. And sp especially because this is literally, because it's supposed to come out in May, unless there are delays, which is very possible. Um, this is supposed to come out in May, which leads into the Thunderbolts that comes out in July. Oh, right. So it seems like this could possibly be sort of a uh, Harrison Ford two-hander um which I think you know is awesome like it, it worked like every week when I watch shrinking I get so worried about Harrison Ford because I'm like oh he's getting so old <laughs> um but um yeah I mean I I I I like Liv Tyler as a performer like I'll be curious her role in this minus Bruce Banner because even though like yeah she is the president's daughter um, their relationship based off of, you know, 2008's Incredible Hulk, yeah. it's a pretty fractured. So, like, I, I just don't know what role she goes in playing, but I'm certainly curious. And, yeah. again, Anthony Mackie getting the lead a Captain America movie, I think is great. Yeah, I, but I think what you both echo is something that maybe people might start getting concerned about. You, you know, you take a the first black-led Captain America movie and you put in all these other storylines, all these other characters, so it starts to feel like it's not a Captain America movie, it's everything else. But, as Michael said, there is a history of them doing this with these Captain America films, so uh, Marvel may be leaning towards that uh, and using it in that way, um, which I don't think, I, if they make it work, I don't think I have a problem with it, to be honest with you, because I think having Isaiah Bradley be well, a part of it, which a lot of people complained about was not enough a part of Falcon and Winter Soldier. 
I think is going to keep it a cap centric film. Now, when it comes to the, the Betty Ross of this all, I, yeah, I'm, I think Jennifer Connelly was a better Betty Ross, in my opinion, in a worse movie. So, but like, I'm okay with Liv Tyler coming back. I like her. I think she's obviously, as Mike corrected me on our text chain, uh, Armageddon, she'll always be Gracie to me. <laughs> That's so. my daddy up there. <laughs> so I've got to give, you know, credit. Did I like her in the Lord of the Rings movies? Eh, but I loved her in Armageddon and a couple other things. So, and that thing you do. So, yeah, she's a good actress. She's a fun actress. So, it's a nice energy. Plus, she's, she's, it's like a mom now. So, there's a much more, there's a different older energy coming in. In, that I think is going to be really interesting. Her scenes with Mark Ruffalo, if there are any, that'll I'm going to be real there curious. Be. I mean, and to be like, yeah. there might not be. I mean, I'm saying, like, I'm saying, I'm expecting this to be like all Hulk all the time, but they yeah. might not do it at all. Like, she might yeah. literally just be the president's daughter. Well, and Tim Roth has already come back as um, as Abomination, so that's and they changed Tim Roth completely to fit what they wanted to do with She-Hulk. So clearly, there is going to be a bunch of Hulks coming at some point. Universal is going to have to be all right, fine. Take it, do what you want to do. So we'll see on, on the on that situation. And my, you bring up a good point here. What role is she going to play? Because in the comics, um, she wasn't Red She-Hulk until 2009. I think it was in Hulk number 15 is when she became Red She-Hulk. But she's also got this alter ego that's evil called the Harpy. Um, so what are we going to do with this? Is Thunderbolt Ross going to become the Red Hulk and then she becomes the Red She-Hulk? Or are they just going to skip that and she just becomes the Red She-Hulk and Thunder Ross never becomes Red Hulk? That's curious as well. Or, and I've heard this and I've read this in doing some research for this as well. In one of the iterations of the Red Hulk, he becomes the Red Hulk in a retaliation for the death of Betty Ross. So are they bringing her back to kill her off to motivate him becoming Red Hulk? I don't know. So there's a lot of things that could happen I, with all of this, but it excites me that she's coming back to be. A I just want, I just want him to go Red Hulk and go on a rampage, and then have her run out and yell, "That's my daddy up there!" and just go full Armageddon, full Armageddon. She well, won. daughter, I really, I really, want, <laughs> I really want the Aerosmith "New World Order" song now. <laughs> when we when we get the video of Steven Tyler becoming Red Hulk for the music video. I will say, you know, one thing we, everyone like, look, obviously, obviously Thunderbolt Ross and the leader is the bad guy and Red Hulk is something that everyone's talking about. And I, I don't, I would not be surprised if we see a Red Hulk, but yeah. to the whole point about this being a cap movie, I think the bigger thing that people, I haven't seen people talking about as much. And I do think is really interesting is, uh, Thunderbolt Ross does not like superheroes. No. So what do you do when you're Captain America yeah. and the president is the dick who like was pushing the Sokovia Accords? Like, so I do think that what they're going to do that is, I think, more interesting to me than Red Hulk, even though I'm super excited to see a giant Red Hulked out Harrison Ford for sure. The thing that I'm more excited about kind of story-wise is as Sam is sort of navigating the type of cap that he's going to be now that he's fully embraced cap yeah. having a president. I mean, they're playing a version of the classic, like in the, the Superman Lex Luthor stuff in DC when they made Lex Luthor, the president, which is how does Superman Superman when the leader of the free world is his enemy. And if they can play elements of that in this story with uh, Thunderbolt Ross being just a complete dick to Sam yeah. and Sam having to figure that out, um, I think there's there's definitely a lot to play. So this is with everything that's coming in here. There's definitely the danger of uh, Sam's Cap movie becoming a Hulk movie, but there's a lot of elements here too that could point to them telling like a really complicated story, which would be really really great. I mean, the yeah. best Sam Wilson Captain America comics are the ones that really delve into how complicated the legacy of Steve Rogers and being a black Captain America in modern day America is. And so if they can hit those elements by using some of the Hulk mythology and having, you know, Thunderbolt Ross being like a dick to Sam, but then Sam needing to save Thunderbolt Ross when he hulks out, like there's a lot of stuff that could happen that could be really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we know Malcolm Spellman didn't shy away from the um, tackling uh, the racial, racism and racial stuff that goes on um, in this country towards black uh, people. So certainly with Sam, he was doing that all through Falcon and Winter Soldier. So would that be an element here, a white president, a black soldier? How does that go about, you know, how, how do you navigate all of that? Would that be an element that is uh, there as well? So a lot that will be explored that I think uh, will be fun 
to see. And it might be, and the Hulk stuff might be smaller parts of it, not necessarily the overall story. It may just be what they're using, like they saw in Wakanda Forever, shoving in these things to kind of connect to larger stuff coming down the road. It may not be as big as we think, but right now it's great to see all these people coming back that were part of the uh, original Hulk. And I'm sure Ed Norton on the outside, you know, kind of just watching it all happen. So, you know, kind of interesting. He's just chilling. He's just chilling in the glass onion, wondering what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Good call. Good call. Uh, any final words on this, uh, Shannon or Mike? I'm excited. Honestly, like yeah, I am like Captain America four is a thing I'm probably most excited about with Marvel right now. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. Um, all right. Well, there we go. That's our um, breakdown and uh, fun conversation of these geek news items here on the show. We appreciate you all watching or listening to us as you can do on our podcast tweet. Shannon, what do we have to tell? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK Tune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Uh, Mike? Um, if you like getting geeky with us, we like getting geeky with you. And here is what you can do to make sure that we all keep getting geeky together uh you can hit that like button below you can subscribe to johnny's outlaw nation page and check out all the other amazing geeky content that he has got leave your comments below a lot of stuff going on got a lot of marvel got a lot of dc got some pixar got a lot of things happening what are you excited about what are you not excited about are you more dc these days are you more marvel these days let us know in the comments below if you are listening to us on a podcast go ahead and leave us some stars leave us some comments helps us go up in the rankings so more people can find us and as always the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video post it on your socials send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies there you go and of course one big shout out to carbon health who continues to power and sponsors for a few more days here through the end of March. Uh, go and uh, take care. Go and get your uh, health care taking a look at there at uh, carbonhealth.com. They've got virtual stuff, in-person clinics, 80-plus locations in California alone, 100-plus locations all over the country. Go and check them out today. Tell them the Geek Buddies sent you. And uh, we'll talk to you next time with another brand-new episode of The Geek Buddies! <gasps> hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.